everyone. Welcome to Liz Collin Reports. On the podcast, we are happy to have Robert Cahaley, chief pollster and strategist with the Trafalgar Group, in studio today to break down brand new poll results. I think we can say they're making waves in Minnesota already, but Robert, thanks so much for being in studio with me. What an opportunity. Glad to be here. And we talked uh, about a month ago. It's interesting. Some things have changed. But let's start there. Uh, What was the the number one storyline for you this time around? I think the number one storyline is this is one of those races that's kind of been just below the surface, and the Republican candidate for governor has now emerged above that line and surpassed the Democrat, which is kind of these are popping up around the country, and it, it is kind of backing up this idea that there is this this wave, and then and the significant move also with the attorney general, you know, the incumbent continuing to uh, drop a little bit. Just getting to that graphic reflecting the governor's race, Scott Jensen is now leading in your poll over Governor Tim Walls by less than a point, still within that 2.9 percent margin of error. But last time we had Governor Walls leading by 2.7 percent. Anytime you see an incumbent under 50, which he was last time, you realize that there's a certain degree of the people who have decided they're not for the incumbent. It's just a matter of do they end up with with the main challenger, as your ballot is, with quite a few other choices. And so it's a matter of whether that opposition consolidates or stays divided. And with the the race for Attorney General Jim Schultz leading uh, the current AG by by five points, widening that lead, as you said. And I know we talked about last time that, uh, you know, the current Attorney General kind of being the the poster child, if you will, um, you said for this defund the the police movement. And you think that that sentiment has continued? I think Ellison's got a combination of things working against him. That and some of the previous allegations that he barely escaped in a very favorable year for him last time. uh, It's kind of a deadly combination for him. And with this, you're seeing attorney generals kind of paying the price in a lot of states uh, for these issues. And so it, it doesn't surprise me that, that the, the combination of those two problems are, are certainly lowering him and uh, keeping that race at a distance. And just transferring that to, to the kind of number one, number two issues uh, on the vi- minds of Minnesota voters and crime continues to be right up there. Absolutely. It's almost every state is the same where you have the inflation and economy is ranking number one and then crime is number two. And in some cases, crime is number one, like New York. <laughs> yeah. And, and for, for New York and Minnesota to have so much in common really does seem to, to say a lot uh, this election year. Um, also talking about these other state offices, I thought this was pretty interesting, too. The state auditor Again, a race a lot of people probably never paid much attention to in Minnesota, but we have Ryan Wilson uh, leading leading that race. Well, and from what I understand, just a brief, you know, cursory look at it, it, it looks like that's been an aggressive campaign. And you know, when you're campaigning for something people don't know a lot about and don't talk a lot about, sometimes just being the name somebody's heard of, who, who and then associate that name with the office is is, is quite a bump. And we have the the race for Secretary of State Kim Crockett. Uh, in that race behind uh, the current Secretary of State, Steve Simon, by, by two points. This didn't change too much, just by uh, one percentage point since the last time. Didn't appear to. And, and it looks like in, in that race that there, there's, a, there's a level of Republican enthusiasm that is just not being extended to her yet. Uh, some of those Republicans on the periphery you know, ha- haven't bought into to, uh, supporting her yet. Not to put you in the hot seat, but I guess that's why you are here. But do you think that um, Minnesota can pick up its first uh, Republican statewide win? Uh, since, since 2006, it seems to be from the, this polling that that seems to be a, a very real possibility. I think there's a real possibility that Minnesota can pick up three statewide wins. And um, I've been talking a lot about how there's 
Republican voters that are very hard to measure this year uh, because of some of what the Biden administration has said that, uh, you know, kind of saying that the MAGA supporters are somehow a threat to the country. We found a lot of people who don't want to participate in polls now. Uh, they're very nervous, and we call them submerged voters. They're, you know, the, at one time they would put a sign in their yard, a bump sticker on their car. Maybe they'd comment on social media and talk to their friends and take polls. They're doing none of that now, and they're virtually impossible to poll. And we do better than most at finding kind of hidden vote like that and, and you know, kind of a silent. We, we're known for the uh, shy Trump voter. But these people are it's different because they're not being talked to at all. So we can't measure it, but we expect the Republican turnout is going to be bigger than every poll, including this one, suggest. And you could have a, a four-way statewide. Well, you heard it here first. There you go. Um, I'm also curious, uh, the question, how do you feel Joe Biden is handling his job as president? The majority here strongly disapprove, 18% strongly disapprove in your poll. Uh, but this, this really seems to tie as, as gas remains high, groceries. He's not winning any support over, it seems, as time has, has gone on. Yeah, the feedback we get from the public is the things that they care about. You know, they're, they're safe, uh, safe communities. They care about uh, their paychecks. They care about making sure that you know, their dollar goes far, far enough. They can put gas in their car. They can take care of their children. The things they care about, the government doesn't seem to be looking out for. And the things they don't care about, pushing all kind of progressive agendas, seem to be what this administration has been about. And it frustrates people. And this is nationwide, but it's just that somehow the White House is completely out of sync with what the average person really wants. It does seem that abortion is dropping down in the list of priorities at this point. It wasn't as high for Minnesota voters before. We hear this all the time. It's, it's, it's part of the mainstream media is always saying, oh, well, then you have all these, these uh, abortion uh, moms that are focused on abortion and younger women that are focused on abortion. And, and what we found is when somebody's worried about going to a convenience store past dark, when they're worried about their children and grandchildren overdosing on fentanyl that came across the border. Abortion doesn't compete with that when it comes to concerns. The personal safety of the children they have and for their own lives is is first and foremost. And so it, it was always kind of a stretch to think that was going to be the number one thing motivating people. I want to go next to the party participation uh, graphic because, again, I think that gets some of this purple uh, we're talking about, but it does seem Democrats are willing to cross over. The independents seem to be going for the Republicans this time around. You know, we're seeing that around the country, but I, I, the, I would, and you also notice that when you look at the cross tabs, that young people uh, are, are going toward the Republican, but, but what, and the very youngest crowd. But part of that is, it's not that these people are saying, oh, I want to be Republicans. It's like being in a casino and all night you've just been betting red and losing. And you say, you know what, I'm just going to try betting black for a while because it's got to be better than what I'm getting. So I don't think these people are becoming Republicans. The Republicans haven't earned their votes. The Democrats have lost their votes. And the Republicans will have a chance to keep them if they don't take them for granted. I wasn't sure where we were going with the casino analogy, but yeah, <laughs> I wasn't sure at first. Um, but let's go into your polling methodology again, because I, I think that is so interesting. We spoke about that um, last last month. It, it is kind of unorthodox. That's that's what you're you're known for. Um, but this isn't just online only. And you know, I, I want to bring up the the poll that got our attention this summer. This is when Governor Walls was winning by 18 points, according to a Survey USA uh, KSTP poll. And it's sort of why we were like, you know. 
let's let's partner with uh, Trafalgar here because we're just not seeing um, we're not seeing this. And you guys were able to, to bring out some much much different numbers, and especially now. Um, but but you're using all kinds of different uh, methods to, to reach potential voters. That's right. We, we we're kind of known as a polling industry disruptor. They don't like us very much. Um, most of the mainstream uh, media constantly, uh, pollsters especially, constantly, constantly attack us. But it, it's fun when you get attacked from people whose error rate is much higher than yours. And, and you know, over the last three cycles, we have the lowest error rate of any nationwide firm. Uh, we're proud of that. Uh, we do a few things different. You know, in this day and age, for example, if you're a bank, you've seen the banks recognize that there's some people who still need to come inside for deposit, some who are comfortable with an ATM, some who don't mind calling on the phone, and then some who can do it all on the app. And the banks have built technology that embraces people at the technology level they're comfortable with and the human interface they're comfortable with. Uh, and so everybody's different, and the banks that have succeeded have done that well. Well, the polling industry has to do the same. And so everybody isn't comfortable with the give me a call at my house at 6 o'clock when I'm trying to fix dinner and take kids to picking up kids from school Give me different ways to participate. So we have multiple collection methods, uh, whether it's on the telephone, whether it's text, uh, email, uh, online methods. Uh, we don't believe in online panels. Uh, everybody who is contacted by us is a voter and a registered voter who fits our model of who we think is going to turn out. The other thing is we don't believe in these uh, long questionnaires. We find that's the biggest problem. When The first question you get when you call someone is, how long is this going to take? And if your answer is anything but, oh, just a couple minutes, uh, it's just four questions, just six questions, just eight, they're hanging up. And so these polls continue. That, that they, I, that's why I jokingly call them the Pony Express pollsters. They, they keep pushing their old method that just doesn't work anymore. And, and they keep trying to sell these 40 and 30 question polls. And they're junk science now because average people don't take them. And so they wonder how they get too many college-educated people and too many elites. Well, that's exactly why. And the social desirability um, bias that you, you're also talking to people about, hey, what do you think your neighbors think? And that was one of, the, one of the tactics we've used. Social desirability bias is, is when somebody, if it's a phone call or a person-to-person -person interaction, they cater their answer not to what they really believe, but what will make them look good in the eyes of the person to ask for the question. So... It's, it's especially run into, uh, certainly with door-to-door -door collection, and it's, you run into it with live calls. Uh, and there are ways around that, and that, like a, you use the neighbor device, which we used very effectively in the Trump uh, election with Hillary, and we were able to ask the question, what do you think most of your neighbors think? It's a projection device that lets them say what they really think without being judged for it. And you were the only successful pollster to successfully predict that race in 2016. Absolutely. And, and so I mean, it, and since then, we've, we've had a few races that also fit that profile, like Governor DeSantis in Florida, where they had a social desirability bias going on there, and not in the Senate race. We're the only ones who got the governor's race right and in the whole country, and the only ones who predicted that DeSantis will amount even larger margin uh, than did Scott. So again, you think that three, possibly four, uh, of these statewide races could go to the Republicans? I'd say an ec excellent chance of uh, two, okay. likely three, and an outside chance of four. You're, you're saying there's a, a possibility. Well, thank you so saying much. There's <laughs> saying there's a chance. That's right. Thank you so much for being here. We really Absolutely. appreciate it. Again, it's uh, Robert Cahaley, Chief Pollster and Strategist from the Trafalgar Group. And that'll do it for this episode of Liz Collin Reports. Be sure to subscribe anywhere you get your podcast and check Alpha News out on our YouTube channel. Click the subscribe button there. We'll see you next time.